Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocalent Podcast. After what seemed like months of rumors and teases, the OnePlus 9 range is here along with the new smartwatch. Pogolint's Cam Bunton has been following the launch and is here to tell us more. Meanwhile, I talked to the Senior Marketing Director for Arlo about home security, how it's changing the way we monitor our homes, and what's in store for the future. And Pocalint's Rick Henderson has been playing with the new Xbox wireless headset. Can the new entrant to the market that costs less than £100 really be that good? Keep listening to find out. But first, back to you Cam, tell us more about the OnePlus launch this week. So this week, OnePlus at its event uh, earlier in the week, they launched a new range of smartphones, uh, the OnePlus 9 series, which in the UK includes the 9 and the 9 Pro, uh, but in India also includes the 9R. Um, and also they launched their first smartwatch. Wow, quite, quite a busy week then. So uh, let's start with the 9 and the 9 Pro, because I presume they're probably very much alike, apart from one's slightly better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it it feels like the days are gone where nine, where the regular and the pro used to mean small and big. Uh, it doesn't seem to mean that anymore, at least not in the Android world. Um, so like technical specifications wise, they're very, very similar. They both have high end uh, processors and internals. They both have fast charging, big batteries, and they both have similar camera systems on the back. The difference you find is in like screen resolution and capabilities and also in the build materials. And so let's uh, let's talk about the camera because that's probably quite an interesting thing. Lots of people taking, you know, photographs with their phones more so yeah. than ever before. They've done a deal with Hasselblad. Yeah, they they've announced this partnership with Hasselblad over the next 3 years. They committed to spending, I think they said 1.5 million dollars uh, on this partnership to develop better cameras and I think it's one of those things where whenever we've reviewed OnePlus phones in the past, they've always been, these are fantastic phones, except for the cameras. And so mm. they've sort of decided to go for some outside help by teaming up with Hasselblad to, to tune their images. Yeah. Now, Hasselblad is, is a company that most people will perhaps know of as very, very high-end cameras, medium format, took yeah. one to the moon, uh, yeah. you know, which is great. How does it work when it comes to putting on the back of a phone? Well, I mean, to begin with, it's, it's, I mean, it feels a little bit like a branding exercise, but it's not, it's not something we haven't seen before in the smartphone world. But in this, in this particular instance, what they've done is they've helped OnePlus tune the images to make the colors realistic. Um, they've also changed the interface inside the camera app. So it's got uh, Hasselblad's uh, orange shutter button and it has a dedicated leaf sound that Hasselblad uh, shutter sound that Hasselblad approved as well. And there's a new pro camera mode that looks like it was developed and designed by Hasselblad. But the actual hardware itself is very much the same as what you find in most Android phones. And so hopefully, I suppose, as you said, that the expectation will be that Hasselblad will start to use some of its more uh, camera knowledge going yes. forward in, 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 a, in the OnePlus 10. 
for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's something we've seen before, like with Huawei and Leica, their first year or maybe year and a half, two years. We didn't see much of the benefit in that Leica partnership, but after a while, you, you start to see that Huawei eventually started making some of the best camera phones on the market. So there's potential there for OnePlus to, to follow a similar path, I think. Now, one of the devices we weren't necessarily expecting is this 9R. If you're listening in the UK or the US or, or Europe, should you be excited by that? And what's the difference? Not really. I mean, the 9R is uh, <laughs> the, the 9R is uh, um, one of those phones because um, OnePlus has quite a big fan base in India. Um, they often launch things for that market specifically, and so the OnePlus 9R is a slightly less powerful device that's a bit more affordable than the OnePlus 9. Uh, but still almost flagship sort of specifications. But it's launched as a made-in-India phone, which means they built it in India and it's released for the India market only at the moment. If only it was nine rupees, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Right, if that's what the nine R meant, that would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so moving away from the phones, uh, a new watch. We haven't seen a watch from OnePlus before. Is it exciting? It could, I mean, it could be. It's um, it's an affordable watch. So when they sell it over here, eventually, it's only going to cost about £150. I think the interesting thing is there's been rumours about this watch for a long time now. It feels like five or six years we've been talking about a potential OnePlus watch. Uh, and initially, I think they were going to build it on the Wear OS platform. And some of the rumours suggested that that might be the case. But as obviously they've launched it now and they've launched their own user interface and their own fitness tracking capabilities in that because obviously like a lot of the other tech companies they've decided that uh, well for whatever reason Wear OS isn't a strong enough platform to use for their own watches and that's quite a that's quite a damning move isn't it from OnePlus the kind of the darling of of Android users yeah deciding to say you know what when it comes to smart watch OS's I'm afraid Google it's just not up to scratch yeah, and I think it's the same as we've seen from other manufacturers. I mean, Huawei released their own platform for smartwatches. Samsung did the same. And I think it's a lot of it is because, like Apple realized at the beginning, uh, people wear these watches because they want a good fitness tracker. And Wear OS in its current standard just isn't good enough uh, in terms of tracking runs and activities and exercises. It doesn't have the functionality there. So um, it's not surprising, I don't think. But yeah, it's just another sign that Google needs to get its act together, I think, with its fitness. It'd be interesting to see, I suppose, veering off the OnePlus subject here very quickly, whether the acquisition of Fitbit allows them to bring all the sort of the stuff that they've learned from, from that business to Wear OS, or whether they just turn around and say, you know what, actually, we'll just use Fitbit's uh, operating system that they've been using on the Ionic and, and, and Sense and other devices. I think it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think there's definitely, I mean, the Wear OS platform in itself is a nice interface when it comes to like notifications and mobile payments and things like that. It's literally just the fitness uh, standards have just not been there. And I think if they can add fitness from Fitbit into Wear OS, it makes it a very strong platform. If you're excited by one of these, when when are we likely to be able to get them? Well, you can actually order them already. So they pretty much announced orders as soon as they were launched. So they're available pretty much straight away. Still to come, Rick gives us his verdict on the Xbox wireless headset. Right, well, this is where it really excels because they've really gone to town over the, over the audio capability. It's got 40, 40 millimeter uh, drivers in each ear. Now that's normally found in higher end headphones generally, not just in gaming circles. 
There's no doubt about it, the humble doorbell has come a long way from a simple button you press to ring a bell in your house. Today, the smart doorbell market is growing at pace with a number of companies offering you the chance to see who's at your door when either you're not in or simply busy working in your home office in your garden. Adrian Sharkey, Arlo's senior marketing director, hopes that rather than go for Ring, a competitor's smart doorbell offering, you'll pick its new wireless video doorbell instead. So that's how I started my recent chat with her by asking her what makes Arlo so different and why should people choose it over the competition? Good question. So I think what makes Arlo different, I mean, at the at, at our heart, I mean, Arlo is a, a security and peace of mind company. Um, so if you go back to sort of our brand origins, we actually or originated from camera technology developed by the military um, for monitoring armed forces. And mm. so from there, we actually evolved to become a leading provider of, of consumer surveillance solutions. Um, I think, interestingly, Arlo, obviously, in the, the European realm, we're now um, part of the VerySure group. VerySure is Europe's leading provider of monitored alarms. So at our heart is, is truly security. Uh, that's our mission. When I look at sort of other, you know, camera providers, whether doorbell cameras or, or other camera providers on the market, um, there's not another one that actually comes from a security background. So you know, many of the devices that, that you referenced come from retail brands looking for obviously retail opportunities or cheap sort of um, factory brands. Um, again, not necessarily with with security at the heart of, of the offering, which is which is very unique to Arlo. Now, one of the things that, you know, we've seen from Arlo is obviously, as you say, you started off as security cameras. Um, you know, you're into, obviously got that as your heritage and your background. Do you think there's still room to grow within that area or have we kind of got to a saturation point where we've got an indoor camera, we've got an outdoor camera, we've got a camera on our doorbell, you know, is there anywhere for it to go more? Absolutely. I mean, I think with in, in the Arlo world, it, it started with sort of, you know, a watched over space is a safer space. Um, so, I mean, the first area is, you know, bringing together the best of security and convenience. So going from just sort of the net cam, you know, the nanny cam, if you will, to, to then an outdoor camera, um, to then a doorbell, then to a floodlight camera, then to sort of other DIY alarm solutions is just, you know, staying within the realm of, of camera-based solutions. But what's interesting for us is we, we've obviously layered on the security service uh, on top, where powered mm. by the cameras, we can actually offer an increased level of, of security and protection. So everything from prevention, seeing cameras outside of a home, you know, deters a burglary. Um, but we can also do forensic level image capture, which enhances the, the possibility for pro prosecution. We continue to add on, you know, AI powered monitoring and verification. So you can now filter out, um, you know, the cat from, you know, would be intruder. Um, you can, you can add all sorts of different, you know, recognition and detection scene analysis, where you start to detect patterns in the way, um, you know, the way movement might happen in front of the house, i.e. you've got your camera pointed at a tree, you can start to rule that out so that you really focus on the event that that's potentially, you know, a, an incident that, that you need to respond to. And do you find that within that, within that scope of, of, as you say, like you're trying to work out whether there's a tree in the way or it's a cat and stuff, that in the journey of, of these things, that we're fairly early on in that, that approach and that we've got, you know, is there a long way to go or do you feel you're kind of almost there or? No, I think that it's, it's continually an evolving process. I mean, we've made huge progress um, 
with you know the AI powered detection and, and monitoring capabilities we have already. Um, but this is an exciting field for us, and, and obviously it's an area that we continue to invest in um, uh, to, to continue to look for opportunities where we can add value for consumers to, to further strengthen the, their peace of mind. I think the other thing that's interesting is how do you start to overlay that with human services? Um, so if you go on holiday for two weeks, how can you, you know, attach that to a monitoring, uh, human monitoring uh, service that you know, very sure offers, for example, or dispatch a guard, dispatch the police immediately um, you know, from the power of your phone or, you know, again, via the monitoring service. So I think the interesting realm becomes how do we continue to enhance um, you know, the, the technological aspects of monitoring and verification but then how do we continue to overlay that with, with human services to fully round out uh, you know, the, full, the full service mm. proposition for, for customers? Now, you talked about the police there. A lot of you're seeing more and more reports of more and more police forces around the UK and Europe and, and, and America and the world, in fact, asking for, you know, calling for people to say, right, have you got, can we look at your doorbell footage? Can we, can we try and use this? We believe that, you know, the robber or the, 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 the victim, you know, the, the victim happened, you know, the, the case happened in front of your door and we might be able to catch something on that, on that doorbell. Do you think that's a, a good place for us to be heading towards or do you think that raises a number of concerns? Well, I think it raises a number of concerns, obviously, for people, you know, worried about um, the the surveillance state. But this typically tends to be a small number of people. I think, you know, in the case of Arlo, we never, ever would share video footage without the customer's consent. So, um, you know, it always comes down to the choice of the customer. Then, I mean, do men, do, do customers want to help, um, you know, to prosecute a crime if, something like that should happen in, in their neighborhood. I think there's been recent cases in the press where, um, you know, most recently, I think in, in London, you know, the, the incident that just passed, I mean, the, the perpetrator was captured by a doorbell cam footage. So this becomes increasingly powerful. Um, obviously, you know, you need to make sure the customer is empowered with the choice um, mm. and, and there's sort of the regulatory and legal frameworks and then all the, the corporate policies that we put in place in regards to data sharing. But I think, you know, at, at the heart is everybody wants a safer world. Everybody wants safer spaces. And, and we believe a watched over space is a safer space. Um, so if our products can help, you know, make more spaces safe, um, then absolutely we, we want to partner with, with the civic authorities, the police, but even beyond fire department, uh, ambulance services, because we can provide that footage and, you know, potentially keep people safe or, or solve crimes should they, should they happen. Now, going talking about technology and, and from an, uh, an intelligence point of view, you obviously work with a number of smart assistants, whether it's Google Home um, and, and things like that. How do you how do you go about choosing which smart assistant to work with? Because there's so many. You know, you've got Google Home, Alexa, Samsung Smart Things. There's HomeKit from Apple. There's you know IFTT. There's there's all these kind of there's threads that's now you know thread consortium that's now coming out. Is it, is it simple of just trying to work with everybody or do you kind of go down routes and saying, well, look, I think this is the more popular one we should start working with? I mean, actually, the unique thing about Arlo is we're one of the most connected uh, brands uh, in the, you know, in the category. Um, that said, we don't just partner with anyone <laughs> for the sake of partnering. Um, but we do put the customer at the heart of our decision making. So customers, you know, ask 
to have uh, integrated smart home solutions. And therefore, it's in our interest to, to cater to what customers wish for. Then, of course, we have really strict you know, security protocols. There's a quite uh, a long process. Um, integration doesn't come quickly. Um, partnerships and, you know, joint business plans need to be established with sort of operating rules and, and, and all of the, you know, all of the necessary, you know, partnership agreements that, that go into place to maintain um, our security credentials and our security offering. Um, but again, it comes from, you know, putting the customer at the heart of that journey and, and making sure that we're able to give the customer what they want. So we do partner with you know, reputable, um, you know, reputable brands, um, and and we try to maximize, you know, for the, the customer, the ecosystem that that they can plug into. Now, a while back, you had the works with Arlo uh, program, which we kind of seem to have gone quiet on. Is that is that something that you you're looking to bring back? Did it is it still in sort of beta, kind of in the lab, or or is it something that just didn't really pan out? So this is a program we're actually bringing back um, this year. Uh, we've put, had to put it on hold for uh, a period of time because we wanted to focus on our core offering. Um, and again, our core offering being you know, security and monitoring and detection. Um, and we actually spent this year, you know, working on several exciting new innovations on our, on our smart security platform, as well as fundamental things to the customer journey, which actually take quite a lot of time. You think of the back-end billing process or simply the, you know, the ability to sign up for a subscription or to adjust the notifications on your camera. Um, so we've really prioritized the customer experience first and foremost. Uh, now we're getting to a good place with our smart security platform that we think the time is right to bring back the, the works with Arlo program. And so there's a number of initiatives underway to, to fill this out further. Exciting, exciting. Um, so I suppose the final question I really have is, is where do you see in the, on a bigger picture, where do you see the smart home being in five years? And how do you see Arlo fitting into that? So, I mean, I think everybody's, you know, sort of throwing around the SAAS, uh, the SAS uh, acronym these days, you know, where, where it goes more to um, software as a service. And we like to think of it as security as a service, um, where we constantly innovate on our, our smart security platform. Um, if you think even, you know, the, the future of, of home monitoring and detection, uh, you know, goes beyond, again, just intrusion. Um, you know, you've got fire, flood, um, and all the sort of, you know, keeping an eye on my, you know, my oven or um, my curling iron and, and all the rest. So sure. we think that there's, you know, a whole world in terms of services that we can offer, um, knowing that we, you know, we've got the potential to, to continue to expand here and it will go beyond the device. So for us, the key focus is really unleashing, you know, unleashing that service platform. Um, and again, really finding the areas of opportunity where, where we can provide the customer value. And so, and you, you kind of, you see yourself as a whole from the smart, smart home, do you see it dominated around, around cameras and, and things like that? Or do you think it will move more into that implied that it feels like it's going to move more into sensors, you know, like leak detectors or, or kind of heat sensors or things like that? Yeah. And we're looking at things. I mean, we've got, um, you know, a DIY alarm platform, uh, DIY alarm uh, product uh, on the roadmap uh, for an imminent launch. Um, there's sensors within that platform that also allow you to do Wi-Fi detection, Wi-Fi extension, um, you know, to, to sort of filter different types of movement. Um, but again, it's also all the sort of services you can build on top of it. You can do temperature monitoring uh, in the home. You can see, you know, obviously 
um, if if someone's fallen and they're laying on the ground, is there an emergency that needs to be you know needs to be taken care of? Um, so there's all sorts of you know sort of again algorithmic uh, innovations we can make on on the learning platform to detect different sort of changes in in a normal scene to see if there's a, a potential issue that that needs to be taken care of, um, which again unlocks a whole realm of services that we can offer for the customer. Microsoft has licensed its Xbox brand for many gaming headsets for, well, as far back as we can remember, including wireless models from the likes of Lucid Sound, but it's never really gone all out with its own dedicated device before. Now, all that's changed with a new headset made by Xbox for gamers, but should you bother? Pocalint's Rick Henderson has been using the headset to blast his way through the usual hordes of zombies, battle to fight off the forces of evil as well as driving the odd race to find out. So, Rick, is it any good? Yes, in a word. Um, it's actually exceptional for its price. Now, wow. yeah, I'm not sure what I was expecting when it first arrived because uh, gaming headsets tend to fall into different categories. You have a lower price point, a really low price point, which are decent enough headsets for for casual gamers. Then you have a mid-price point of up to about £100, which are generally a little bit better, but nothing that pro gamers would even consider. And then you have gaming headsets that are well over £200. I would say that the Xbox uh, uh, wireless gaming headset is actually in the latter categories, in the higher category. Right. So, but yet it is less than a hundred pounds. So, before we start getting onto actually how it sounds and all the other stuff, just one final question I had on that: Do you think do you think this is a land grab then by them? Because I mean, you've got Steel Series, you've got you know a lot of the even B and O is trying to come into into the the gaming headset market so it's obviously a high area and excitement do you think they just had to price it so low to get it you know to get it in the houses as quick as they could yeah i actually suspect it's a loss leader um to show that xbox cares about its community because that is one big message from xbox at the moment and the other benefit that xbox has for this headset is that it owns its own proprietary wireless system as used by the controllers now anybody who traditionally buys a non-xbox branded game controller for the xbox series x or xbox series s will know that it is either wired or it needs a dongle and the same with the headsets whereas this is the first um, Xbox headset that actually uses the same wireless technology as the controllers, the official controllers. So therefore, allows Xbox to do so much more with it to uh, for connectivity, for example. It can pair instantly, just like your controller can. And mm. what that actually effectively means, that it reduces latency as well, because it's not using Bluetooth to connect to your Xbox. And that, for me, is a massively, is a bit of a game changer, pardon the pun. Hmm. And so what is it? So, okay, so it's, it obviously connects easy. You just press the button and off you go, which is brilliant. Uh, what's it like in terms of sound? Right. Well, this is where it really excels because they've really gone to town over the, the, over the audio capability. It's got 40, 40 millimeter uh, drivers in each ear. Now, that's normally found in higher end headphones generally, not just in gaming circles. And, um, and those have got 
incredible clarity, but really good bass as well. And for and gamers would often say that that you need while you need the clarity, you need the voice to come through. You need those tippy toes from behind you to sound correct in virtual surround sound. You also need some good grunty bass. If you're playing Doom, you don't want it to sound flat. No, and, and <laughs> yeah, also you want you want explosions, don't you? You want exactly. the Call of Duty. You want the feel like it's being blown up and all the other stuff, rather than a, someone just rattling a tin can a couple of meters away from you. Yeah, it? the thrum of the engine in Forza Horizon. You want all of that to sound great in the, in your headphones, and these really do. They they have that that good all round sound. They're also rated for the um, the higher res audio formats and the better surround formats, such as. Dolby Atmos, that's a massive, massive change for a headset that is completely um, compatible with Dolby Atmos. It's also compatible with DTS-X headphone and compatible with Windows Sonic, which is Microsoft's own uh, virtual surround sound format. And when you have any of those three enabled, it sounds brilliant. But the best thing, and this is this is what really made it for me, is that they don't just sound great for gaming. They sound great for Netflix and uh, movie streaming services too. Yeah, I was going to ask that. It's like, obviously, people play a lot of games on their Xbox. That's what it's there for. But, you know, Microsoft has always had this kind of media sort of approach as well and so does it sound great for when you're watching you know streaming services absolutely now um consider that the xbox can output uh, dolby atmos to a, a a respective system but not everybody has either a dolby atmos tv or a dolby atmos soundbar um so the fact that you can have dolby atmos for headphones playing through these with much i, I mean s- switching on dolby atmos for headphones for netflix and switching it off again is light and shade it really is it's it's such a transformative experience to watch say altered carbon with dolby Mm. atmos um switched on now it seems like you liked quite a lot of uh things about this headset do you like is there anything that you don't like yeah, one thing that um, I tried quite a bit because it was the microphone quality, and I do think it's very flat. Um, if you're a pro level gamer, you would you want your voice to come over very clear, or if you're say a YouTube streamer or a Twitch streamer, you need really clear clarity in your voice, and I don't think it offers that. I did a few recordings actually connecting to them to um, to my Mac. Uh, it also connects to a PC. Um, and I, I just what I wouldn't use them for anything other than gaming and chatting to friends while doing so. Um, so that was a slight, you know, that was slightly uh, uh, less impressive. Um, also, it's a very minor thing, but I kind of prefer head uh, gaming headsets that have a secondary headband for comfort that right. isn't like steel, whereas these don't. But I mean, that is really nitpicking well that's it for this week's show until next time pip pip when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.